Welcome to the Queen City Church Podcast. We're so excited that you decided to join us, and we wanted to personally welcome you. Thank you so much for listening in today. Our goal is that this message will encourage you and give you practical steps for a relationship with God that keep getting better and better. Enjoy the message. Today, we're starting a brand new series called Jesus in His Own Words, and I'm so excited. And just so you know, whether you're new around here or maybe you've been hanging out at our church for a while, but you just need a friendly reminder, we are unapologetically all about Jesus. Like we love Jesus, we sing about Jesus, we talk about Jesus every week, we pray in Jesus' name, we are unapologetically all about Jesus. In fact, we have 10 values as a church that really answer the question, what makes us uniquely us? And we kind of look at our values as our DNA as a church, and there's 10 of those, but it doesn't matter where you see those 10 listed anywhere, whether that's our website, on signs, in the lobby, wherever you see those listed, the first one is always the same because that's intentional. And our very first value, anytime we list it, is this, Jesus is our message. Jesus is our message that we believe that the church is built on Jesus, by Jesus, and for Jesus. Therefore, the, 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 our message will always be about Jesus. Jesus is our message. And in this series, we're gonna be taking a look at the book of John. So we're gonna learn about Jesus by looking at the book of John, which is the fourth book in the New Testament. It's one of four gospels, which are four eyewitness accounts of Jesus's time on this earth. And seven different times throughout this book of John, we find Jesus himself. These are words written in red in my Bible. Jesus himself finishes this sentence, I am blank. And so seven times he finishes that sentence. And really in this series, our goal is not just to understand what Jesus did. Our goal in this series is to understand who he is. And so the big idea of this series is that when we know who Jesus is, we see who he is calling us to be. And so really over the next seven weeks, we wanna deep dive into the book of John to learn about who Jesus is. Because when we know who Jesus is, we see who he is calling us to be. Let me put it this way, that when we understand his identity, it helps us understand ours. And I want you to know that this is a great series to invite some people to church because every single week we're gonna talk about Jesus and we're gonna give people an opportunity to give their lives to Jesus every single week. And so I'm just telling you, if you have friends, family, if you have neighbors, if you have strangers that you drive by every day, invite them, bring them to church over the next few weeks. Uh, there's strategic times that we believe are great series to invite people to church. And I'm telling you, this is one of those series to do that. So John chapter six is where we're gonna to start today. John chapter six, I'm gonna read 11 verses, starting in verse 25. It says, they, which is a big crowd, found him talking about Jesus. So they found him on the other side of the lake and asked, Rabbi, when did you get here? Jesus replied, I tell you the truth, you want to be with me because I fed you. And I wanna tell you about that in just a second. Not because you understood the miraculous signs, but don't be so concerned about perishable things like food. Spend your energy seeking the eternal life 
that the Son of Man can give you. For God the Father has given me the seal of his approval. They replied, we want to perform God's works too. What should we do? And Jesus told them, this is the only work that God wants from you. Believe in the one he has sent. And they answered, show us a miraculous sign if you want us to believe in you. What can you do? After all, our ancestors ate manna, and I'm gonna tell you about that in just a second too, while they journeyed through the wilderness. The scriptures say Moses gave them bread from heaven to eat. And Jesus said, he corrected them real quick. I tell you the truth, Moses didn't give you bread from heaven, my father did. And now he offers you the true bread from heaven. The true bread of God is the one who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, give us that bread every day. And Jesus replied, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry again. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty again. Today, if you're taking notes, we're gonna be looking at the very first I am, Jesus in his own words statement, I am the bread of life. Let's pray and let's invite God to do whatever he wants to do over the next few minutes, cool? God, we love you. We thank you for today. We thank you for your word, that it is alive and active, that it speaks to us today. And God, right now, we set aside our week, all the things that have been going on, even what's happened this morning. And God, we focus directly on you. And God, we give you our hearts and our minds. Would you open them up? God, we give you our eyes. Will you let us see you? We give you our ears. Would you open them? so that we can hear your voice so clearly. And God, I pray boldly in Jesus' name that every single one of us would walk out of here different than when we walked in, that we won't go through the motions, that we won't just play church. But God, we are here desperate and dependent to hear from you. And so God, will you help us understand Jesus? Help us to get to know Jesus, this bread of life more. In Jesus' name we pray and everybody said, Amen. How many of you, just by show of hands, how many of you like bread? Just you like bread. How many of you by a show of two hands, you love bread? I mean, I'm just telling you, you praise them right now. Just I love bread. How many of you have a love-hate relationship with bread? Like you love it, like my, like, like my mouth loves it, my stomach loves it, but my hips don't. Like I have this love-hate relationship with bread. How many of you are gluten-free and you can't have real bread? We're so sorry. That's kind of my house. My house, we have a gluten-free child, and so we can't have that type of stuff in our house right now. And so uh, I've noticed really growing up, since I was a little kid, that the narrative around bread has really changed. It's changed a lot over the years because growing up, bread was the bomb, but now bread is like bad and like carbs are from Satan and uh, you know, whole 30 for life, you know, like we just love whole 30. And, um, but, but bread, come on guys, bread is awesome. Let me see this. I'm telling you, we got this spread right here and bread is amazing. Just looking down on this, and the team did such a good job of just all these different types of bread. And there's some that's, that's good when it's warm and buttery. There's some that are like sweet bread. And so we got this cinnamon roll right here that has been calling my name all day long, but I have to use it for this illustration. And then afterwards, I'm going to smash that. 
donuts and, you know, like, like some of my favorite bread is where you can put some butter and then some honey on top of it. I'm telling you, it is so good. Guys, bread is awesome, and let me tell you how I know bread is awesome, because in John chapter 6, Jesus says, I am the bread of life, and to fully understand that statement, you have to understand the context for why he said that statement in John chapter 6. Because Jesus had started to attract a very large following. These massive crowds of people started following him wherever he went. And by the way, that will happen whenever you start to perform a whole bunch of miracles. When sick people start to get healed around you. When paralyzed people start to walk. When you begin to break social boundaries, confront racism, and begin to build bridges and not walls. When you go to a wedding party and they run out of wine, and so then you decide to turn a whole bunch of water into free, unlimited, quality wine. I'm not talking about box wine. I'm talking about like some good wine. No wonder so many people followed him around. It's like, okay, I'm, I'm going to follow that guy. That guy, knows, that guy knows how to turn up, so I'm going to go follow him. And and by the way, all that happened within the first five chapters of John. And so that was like the, what happened right before John chapter 6. And at the start of John chapter 6, another massive crowd gathers around Jesus. And the heading in my Bible, if you go to the very start, it says, Jesus feeds 5,000. But most people believe that's just the men. Most scholars believe it was between 15 to 20,000 people, including women and children. And eventually, this massive group of people gets hungry, and Jesus decides to feed them. The problem is, is that they don't have any food, except for one boy has this Lunchable that has, <laughs> that has five loaves of bread and two fish. And that's like the only food that they can find. And so Jesus says, well, that's, that's fine. I'll take that. And so Jesus takes it and he breaks it and then he blessed it. And he miraculously fed everybody there and collected 12 massive baskets full of leftovers. And what was enough to feed one boy ended up being enough to feed thousands when Jesus touched it. And what a reminder that without Jesus, we don't have enough. But with Jesus, we have more than enough. Come on, can I get a good amen from people that know Jesus? After that was all over and everybody had their meal and they had that time together, they try to get away from the crowd. And so Jesus and his disciples, they get away from the crowd. And then if you keep reading in John chapter six, no big deal. Jesus just casually walks on water to help make that happen. But they track him down on the other side of the lake the very next day. And when that happens, Jesus calls them out and speaks directly to their motives because how many of you know that motives matter? And so he speaks right to their motives in verse 26. And Jesus says, I tell you the truth. You want to be with me because I fed you. Because just yesterday, I miraculously fed everybody. And now you're hungry again. So you just want to go get a free meal. And that's why you're hanging out with me. He said, that's why, because, because, because I fed you. Not because you understood the miraculous signs. But don't be concerned about perishable things like food. Spend your energy seeking 
the eternal life that the Son of Man can give you. For God the Father has given me the seal of his approval. He says that you're coming to me because of something I've done. But I want you to come to me because of who I am. I know you know what I've done, but do you really know who I am? Because who I am is greater than what I've done. And then he tells them in John chapter 6, verse 35, he says, I am, just, just so everybody is on the same page, I am the bread of life, that whoever comes to me will never be hungry again. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. And Jesus, in his own words, written in red, says, I am the bread of life. So the question is today, what does that have to do with you and I? What does that have to do with us today? Why does this even matter? Let me give you three things and then we can go crush lunch. Here's number one. The bread of life satisfies us. The bread of life, Jesus, he satisfies us. We were created, all of us, by God with appetites. When we don't eat, we get hungry. Come on, how many of you know that that's true? When you do not eat, we get hungry. So then we eat and we get full and that satisfies us for a little bit, but then eventually we get hungry again. And just like our stomachs get hungry, here's what you and I need to understand is that our souls get hungry. But here's the difference. A full stomach is temporary, but a full soul is forever. Now here's the deal, I'm preaching really good right now. (laughs) And so I wanna make sure that that just kinda marinates a little bit on the crowd, okay? A full stomach, when we eat, we get full, that's temporary. You're gonna get hungry again. But a full soul is forever. And so deep down, I think we all know that our soul at times is hungry. I just think a lot of times we don't know what our soul is hungry for. So we try to feed that appetite with different things. We think like, I wanna make as much money as I possibly can, and that's gonna be what my life is all about. I just wanna get as much money as I can, but no matter how many zeros you end up getting in your bank account, no matter how much money gets in there, no matter how many times you get the raise, no matter what's going on in your 401k, you just end up, you're still hungry. Or maybe it's like, if I can just get all the right things, so if I can just drive the right car, if I can live in the right house, in the right neighborhood, in the right zip code, if I could just do that, if I could just have all the latest and greatest technology, if I could just get all the right things, then I could be satisfied. So we try to do everything we can to do that, but with every purchase, eventually, you still get hungry. And you make life, maybe all about your career and your job, but no matter how big the business gets or how high you climb the corporate ladder or how successful the startup is, you'll find yourself still hungry. And maybe if it's, you get in the mindset where if I could just have the right relationships, like if I just could just get the right friends or start the right relationship, and so I'd finally be satisfied. So you go from relationship to relationship, trying to satisfy a hunger that another person was never made to satisfy. And you'll find yourself still hungry. Maybe we get caught in the trap sometimes of just thinking that if I could just find a spouse, 
if I could just have a husband, if I could just have a wife, or if we could just have kids and start a family, then I would find this satisfaction in my soul. And then maybe you get there and it's awesome, but then eventually you find yourself still hungry. See, I think that there's times, and maybe you've been there, I know I have, where I lay my head down at night and I just have this thought over and over again, there has to be more. There has to be more. There has to be more to this whole thing called life. And you find yourself laying there at night and you're, here's what it is, your soul is hungry. And when Jesus says, I am the bread of life, he's saying what you're truly hungry for is me. I'm the only one that can satisfy that hunger of your soul. And you've tried everything else and it doesn't work and you know it doesn't work. It doesn't last, it doesn't satisfy. But in Philippians chapter four, verse 19, it says, I am convinced that my God will fully satisfy every need you have. For I've seen the abundant riches of glory revealed to me through the anointed one, Jesus Christ. And look at that verse, just at the words that are underlined. My God will fully satisfy every need you have through the anointed one, the bread of life, Jesus. And Jesus is saying today, I can satisfy every single need that you, that you have that no matter how you got to church today, that Jesus wants you to know that no matter what's going on in your life, that you right there, yes, you, sitting in those green 100-year-old chairs that squeak sometimes when you move, that when, that you need to know that every single need that you have, Jesus is here today saying, I got you. I got you. That if you need provision, I got you. That if you need protection, I got you. That if you need hope, if you need joy, I got you. If you need purpose, I got you. That if you need healing today, Jesus says, I got you. If you need breakthrough today, he says, I got you. If you're exhausted, you find yourself so tired and you need rest in your soul, he's here saying, I got you. If you're stressed, if you're anxious, if you're depressed, if you're worried and freaked out about the future and you need peace and comfort for your soul, he's here saying, I got you. If you're lonely, he says, I got you. You're ready to quit and give up. He's saying, no, 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 no. I got you. I got you. Whatever you need, I got you. I love this quote from Dr. Tony Evans. He says, when Jesus told the people that he was the bread of life, he wasn't saying that he would fill their stomachs. He was teaching a greater truth. Whatever emotional, spiritual, or physical need that we may have, he is the only one who can satisfy it. See, the bread of life satisfies us. Number two, the bread of life sustains us. Not only does he satisfy us, but he also sustains us. In John chapter six, verse 30, the crowd tells Jesus, and they answered, show us a miraculous sign if you want us to believe in you, because apparently feeding 15 to 20,000 people doesn't really get it done. What can you do? I think they were tricking them, just trying to get, okay, here's some more food. Poof, just that. Verse 31, after all, our ancestors, they went old school, ate manna while they journeyed through the wilderness. The scriptures say Moses gave them bread from heaven. And to really understand this, you have to understand 
that they bring up this story in the Old Testament about Moses and manna. And, the, and you can read all about it in, in Exodus chapter 16. So if you wanna go and read that, you can read all about that happening in the Old Testament. And here's kind of the context. The Israelites, the people of God, they just got out of slavery and they were on their way to a promised land that, the God, that God was taking them through. And they were in the part that was in between known as the wilderness. And it was a very large group of people that were traveling together. Most scholars believe that it was around a million people that were traveling all together which meant they had very limited resources. They didn't have a massive supply of food. So God, being so amazing, supernaturally provided food from heaven every single day called manna. And get this, if you look at it in the original Hebrew, here's what that literally means. Manna literally means, what is this? Like, what is this? Where my public school people at that went to lunch and sometimes you were like, you had some manna up in front of you and you said, what is this? That was me, that was me, what is this? And see, this manna was only good for one day before it would spoil. And so every single day they would go out, they would collect this manna, but it would only last one day. And so, God was teaching them something that I believe he's still trying to teach us today, that if you're gonna follow me and trust me, it's going to require daily dependence. It's gonna require every single day you being dependent on me. And so they say to Jesus, like, show us a sign. Moses gave us manna, but what are you gonna do? And I love Jesus' response, because he says, one, Moses didn't give you bread from heaven, my father did, and two, now he offers you the true bread from heaven. The true bread of God is the one who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. And then in verse 48, he says, yes, I am the bread of life. Your ancestors, going back to the story, ate manna in the wilderness, but they all died. It did not sustain. It did not last. But anyone who eats the bread from heaven, however, will never die. You will sustain. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Anyone who eats this bread will live forever. You have to understand that in these verses, Jesus wasn't claiming to be like manna. He was claiming to be even better. Jesus is saying in these verses, I am the true and greater manna. Because manna only lasted for one day, but Jesus lasts forever. See, that there was no cost to God in giving manna each day. But God gave his son at a great cost. See, manna came at night when the world was physically asleep, but Jesus came when the world was in the dark and spiritually asleep. See, Jesus is the true and greater manna, the bread from heaven that gives life to the entire world. And he declares in this chapter, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry again. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. That I won't just temporarily satisfy you. Like when you eat and then all of a sudden you'll get hungry again. I won't just temporarily satisfy you. I will sustain you. That, that, that your soul will be full. And in Matthew chapter five, verse six, Jesus says this in an, another time where he says, blessed 
are those. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. That's living for God each and every day, where it's not just a compartmentalized part of your life, but when you live for him every single day, for they will be filled. They will be filled. You'll be sustained. So the bread of life satisfies us, and the bread of life sustains us. And then number three, the bread of life saves us. The bread of life, Jesus, he saves us. See, there comes a point in the conversation in John chapter six when the people ask Jesus, what do we have to do? Like, you're saying some great things, so what do we have to do? Like, what work does God require? And I think that points out something about humanity's lean. Like, our natural lean is to always try to figure out what we can do. How can we earn it? How can we deserve it? But the truth of the gospel is that that's not how it works. Is that you don't earn it and you don't deserve it. But the great news is you can still have it. And so they ask, what, like, what can we do? What does God require? And I love Jesus's answer in verse 29 where he says, this is the only, this is it. This is the only work that God wants from you believe in the one he has sent. Just believe. That's it? Yep. I don't have to do anything else. Nope. I don't have to earn anything. Nope. Like you tell me I don't have to give anything. I don't have to pay for anything. I don't have to give a lot of money to the church. Nope. Like I don't have to come to church every week. Nope. I don't have to serve on that dream team you talk about or go through that growth track that y'all talk about every week. Nope. You tell me I don't have to clean myself up and get my life together first? Absolutely not. That's like saying you got to get in shape to go to the gym. Just believe. That's it. It's that simple. So my question is this, but believe in what? That's all you gotta do. What do we believe in? Believe that Jesus is who he says he is. Believe that he is the son of God, that he is the savior of the world, that he is the true bread from heaven. Believe that he walked on this earth and that when he was here on this earth, that he showed us this brand new, better way of living life than we've ever experienced before, that he modeled it, that he told us about it, and he left this for us to, to now, right now in 2020, we can experience the best life that we could ever live following his ways. Believe that he died an agonizing, unjust death on a cross, taking our place, and that when he did that, he paid for every single one of our sins, past present and future believe that our debt is fully canceled and that our balance is now at zero believe that he did resurrect from the dead and he walked out of a grave three days later believe that right now Jesus is still alive and that one day he will be coming back for his church but and believe that Jesus did all of that that he did all of that just for a chance that you would say yes to having a relationship with him. That's what blows me away more than anything about what Jesus did for us, is that it was all for a chance.
He still gives us a choice to believe or to not believe. This is the only work God wants from you to believe. And Jesus goes on to say in verse 47, he says, I tell you the truth, anyone, anyone, I don't care how long you've been in church. Maybe you've been going to church from the week that you were born. Maybe you've never been. This is your first time hanging out in a church. Anyone, but you don't know what I've done. You don't know the mistakes I've made. You don't know what I did last year, last night. Anyone, anyone, if you have a pulse, that's you. Anyone who believes has eternal life that you can live forever. You could spend eternity with God in heaven. Anyone who believes has eternal life. See, the bread of life satisfies us, sustains us, and saves us. So today, the invitation is very simple. The invitation today for you and for me is very simple. It's this from Psalm 34, verse 8. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Come on, church, taste and see that the bread of life is good. Won't you bow your head and close your eyes? And we never want to end a service at our church without asking God, what is he saying to us? And so if you're new with us, we always like to take this time and just forget about the people that are around us. And will you just right there, will you ask God, God, what are you saying to me today? What are you saying to me? What are you speaking to me? Maybe ask him this, what does my response need to be today? And like we do every week, we wanna give you the opportunity to make the most important decision of your life, the decision to say yes to Jesus, to give him your life, to say yes to the bread of life, to start or restart a real relationship with him. And no matter how far you are from God today, you're never too far from God. That nothing can separate you from God's love. Today, you can, listen, you can leave here changed and you can leave here different. You can come to the bread of life today and he will satisfy that area of your soul that you've been trying to fill with other things. But not only will he satisfy you, he will sustain you. It will last where everything else is temporary. It will be forever. He will sustain you. And not only that, he can save you today that you can spend eternity with him in heaven. And so if that's the decision that you know that God is kind of, he is knocking on your heart saying, today is your day. Here's the good news. We're not gonna point you out. We're not gonna embarrass you. We're not gonna make you come forward. Just with every eye closed and every head bowed in just a moment, I'm gonna ask you to raise your hand because I'm gonna lead a prayer. And if you wanna be included in that prayer, that everything can change. And so if you're here and you know that's what God's calling you to do and you wanna be included in that prayer, today you wanna give your life to Jesus. You wanna start or you wanna restart a relationship with him. On the count of three, just put your hand in the air as a step of faith. One, two, three. If that's you, just put your hand in the air. I got you, I got you. It's awesome, I got you. 
Got you, got you, got you, got you. It's awesome. Anybody else? Anybody else? I got you. It's great. Also, you can put your hand down and just pray something like this in your heart. Just say, Jesus, I love you. And I need you. I need the bread of life. And I'm sorry. I repent. I changed my mind. I changed my direction for living my life without you. Will you come live inside me? Will you do what I can't do? And will you change me? Will you make me brand new? God, today, I surrender my whole life to you. I give you everything. I give you everything. And today, I choose to follow you. I just don't love you. I follow you. And I follow you today, tomorrow, the rest of my life. We thank you so much for Jesus. God, I pray that over the next few weeks, God, help us to fall in love with Jesus more than ever before, all of us. God, help us to know you more. And when we know you more, we'll, we'll, we'll know us more. And so just help us, open our eyes, help us to see and to love Jesus, the true bread of life. And it's through the mighty, powerful name of Jesus that we pray and everybody said, Amen. Come on, church. Can we clap our hands and celebrate with all those that just made that incredible decision? We're so proud of you. Thank you so much for joining us today. If this message has changed your perspective on God or life, feel free to email your story to info at queencitypeople.com. We'd love to celebrate the change happening in your life. We'd also love to pray for you. If you have any prayer requests, big or small, head over to queencitypeople.com slash prayer and fill out the form with as much detail as you'd like. For more information about Queen City Church's service times, location, or events, visit queencitypeople.com or follow us on social media platforms at Queen City People.